Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cardinal and Cream podcast. My name is Avery Chenault, and I have the privilege of serving as Cardinal and Cream's multimedia editor. And I am very excited to see where our podcast and videos and other multimedia things take us in Cardinal and Cream this year. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, And today I am joined by the wonderful Catherine Ann Thierfelder. Catherine Ann, will you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do on Cardinal and Cream? Yeah, thanks, Avery. Um, I'm Catherine Ann, um, and I'm a senior communications and creative writing double major here. Um, and I am co-managing editor for Cardinal and Cream this year. So I work with our lovely other co-manager, Olivia Bell, and we get stuff ready to publish um, to our online platform, cardinalandcream.info. Everybody should go check it out. Um, and I'm just really excited to get to be a part of the magazine's growth this year. I think we've got so many opportunities that we're working with, multimedia being one. Um, and I'm just really excited to see where we go. I think we're going to see a lot of new and exciting things come about this year. I think so too. And a lot of our listeners probably don't know this, but being a managing editor is really cool because it's very like Catherine Ann is doing the things that not a lot of people see, but it's also so important. And if we didn't have our managing editors, the magazine would not look as good as it did and things wouldn't be as organized as they are. So we're very thankful for our staff. Um, And I'm just really excited to have Catherine Ann here with us today. So something that is really cool about being on Cardinal and Cream and honestly, just being a communications major in general is the fact that we get to kind of create things as a response to the things that we experience in life or the conversations we have with friends. So today's podcast I'm very excited about because this is actually a continuation of a conversation that Catherine Ann and I had um, probably like maybe two semesters ago. It's been kind of a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, but we wanted to have a podcast about this and just continue our conversation because I think Catherine has a lot of interesting things to say about this. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a really good conversation. So we kind of got talking one day about taking photos and like how each of us likes to take pictures. So spoiler for our episode, I really enjoy taking pictures of everything. And Catherine doesn't take quite as many photos. No, I don't take very many at all. Yes. So we kind of got talking about this, like, why is this? And how do people document the world around them? And how has social media affected this and our upbringing affected this? So um, we're going to be talking about that today, but I love to start off our episodes with a question. So Catherine Ann, I want to ask you, what is the most beautiful photo you've ever seen? I was thinking about this um, and I, what kept coming to mind is my, my sister, my younger sister, um, she used to be a photographer. I mean, she still takes photos, but not like she used to. Um, and honestly, I think her photography is my favorite. I don't mm-hmm. know that I can say it's probably the like objectively the most beautiful photography I've ever seen probably, but, um, I love her photos and she took one of, I think it's like called a blood moon when the moon's kind of red. Um, and it's like half red and half blue and the stars are around it and the moon's like on the right side of the photo. It just looks very aesthetic. And it's the kind of photo that I'm like, how did you even get that with a camera lens? And I go and look at it all the time. I love it. That's so cool. My favorite photo I've ever seen is kind of similar it's, I don't really know exactly like how it was taken or who captured the photo, but have you ever seen those pictures that like NASA will take through their telescopes? I don't know how in the world they do it, but every time they release a new photo, it's just absolutely incredible. Like getting to see something that far away up close, kind of like your sister's picture is just absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. I'm a sucker for the stars. Anything with the stars in it, I'm there. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. 
So I think it's just really cool that with the technology we have today, we're able to capture those things. It's just incredible. Agreed. Well, today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about photography. And Catherine Ann and I don't directly deal with photography, maybe quite as much as other communications majors do. Um, but I think that photography is really essential to journalism, and we're both very passionate about journalism. Um, and even though we really focus more on writing, I don't think you can have a lot of writing without a photo to accompany it, especially with like our magazine, newspapers, things like that. So I think this is going to be an interesting conversation to have um, just kind of from a journalism and communications perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll start kind of talking about my stance on the conversation <laughs> that we had. So I definitely tend to take a lot more photos. Um, I got into photography when I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, I got a camera and it was just kind of like a fun hobby. Like it's just a really nice thing to like go out, take pictures or take pictures of like friends at events, Christmas, things like that. Um, but I think having an iPhone mm -hmm. definitely encourages me to take more pictures of things because it's just in my pocket. So I can <laughs> be like, oh, this is cool. Like, let me take a picture of this. Let me take a picture of like this meal I ate or this coffee I had, things like that. Um, but Catherine Ann is a little bit different. So will you share with us your stance on this? Yeah. Um, so I honestly find myself forgetting to take photos, especially in situations where I like air quotes should be taking photos. Yeah. Um, I find myself remarking like, oh, we didn't get any photos of like me and insert friend here mm -hmm. doing insert thing here. Um, because I just really don't think about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I find that the photos I do take, I really don't go back and look at. Like sometimes I'll show my family when I get back from a trip or something. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I don't look at the photos very often. Um, what I have most in my camera roll um, is like screenshots from videos or mm -hmm. just like really funny, funny photos that capture I say like candid moments yeah. because that sounds <laughs> buzzwordish. I don't know. Um, but they're, they're really funny moments and I can go back and be like, Oh, mm -hmm. I know exactly what was happening in that moment. And that was really funny or really dumb or yeah. whatever. Um, and I like those types of photos. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I just, I don't see the reason to keep them mm -hmm. or to take them even. Yeah. That's so interesting. I've heard a lot of people say before that it's always the people that are closest to us or the people we spend the most time with that a lot of times we don't have a lot of pictures with. And I think that's yeah. so true. Like my closest friends here at Union, maybe we have two or three pictures together, huh. which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. That makes me feel better for not having very many pictures of my sisters in my camera roll. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just interesting, like, when you spend so much time with people, I don't know if we just forget to take pictures or what happens, but um, it's definitely very interesting, and I'm kind of curious to see how the way your family maybe captured memories growing up affected the way you capture memories growing up. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, like I mentioned, my I have two younger sisters, um, and the one immediately younger than me, she takes a lot of photos. Mm -hmm. um, she like has a really nice camera. She got into photography for a minute there. She thought she might want to go to art school even for that. Um, but besides her, she kind of got my dad back into taking photos. He also likes to take a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. um, usually on like his camera. He, I don't think he takes photos on his phone or maybe knows how. Um, yeah. <laughs> but our family didn't take very many photos. Mm -hmm. I remember when we were really little, I don't know. 
I don't know if your family did this, but we oh, we would go to JCPenney mm-hmm. um, and get the family photos yes. with like the marble gray background mm-hmm. that are just very standard and we're all wearing the same thing yes. and we have a few of those. And then when I turned like 12, I think my mom had like a crisis where she was like, we don't have any family photos mm-hmm. that are newer than like six years. But beyond like those few times, we didn't, we weren't out like, and my mom was like, let's get a photo of this. Let's capture a memory of this. Mm-hmm. We kind of just always enjoyed doing the things. Not that you can't enjoy it if you're taking photos. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's just not something that my family ever really prioritized mm-hmm. um, when we were doing things or going places. Um, and I'd actually be curious to ask my parents how they feel about that, if they feel like they don't have enough photos of us or yeah. not, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about. It's also interesting how you're talking about like the JCPenney family photos. Mm-hmm. That used to be like what you do if you're taking family photos. And now the trends are kind of moving more towards like, let's go out to a nice field or like, you know, a nice downtown location and have more like natural looking family photos. So I don't know what caused that, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like for me, it was similar in some ways, but also a little bit different. Um, My mom really enjoys photography. And when I was younger, she had kind of like, a really small little photography business. So sometimes she'd take oh. pictures for other people and things like that. She was always very creative with it. <laughs> um, and she liked nature photography. She still does things like that. So I feel like because of that and observing her do that, there was maybe a little bit more emphasis um, because, you know, she wanted to capture the memories. And looking back on it now, I'm really glad because, you know, I have pictures of my family and like my sisters growing up and things like that and just like pictures of us together. Um, so I'm definitely really thankful for that, but it is interesting, like seeing her take photos made me want to take photos, you know, because she had like a cool camera and I was like, I want to learn how to take photos like that and like take something on a camera and have it printed out and things like that. So I definitely think that maybe influenced my perception and perspective on photos. Um, and also too, I think it's just Mostly I take pictures kind of like you were saying you want to take pictures to show other people like Mm -hmm. if I'm on a trip for sure because I want like the people close to me to experience it with me kind of but also I think sometimes taking pictures can be like a fear of us forgetting what's going to happen you know. Yeah that's really interesting. Like have you ever been to a concert and you look out and it's just like iPhones. Yes and that frustrates me. Yeah and what would that be like if you were performing at that concert like imagine looking out and instead of seeing like your fans faces it's just their phones I that is a good point I've never thought about it that way um that would be I don't know I feel like I would feel more watched yeah I'm like oh this is going on someone's phone and it might never leave yeah because it's more I don't know more pressure mm-hmm. also too I think that's it's kind of interesting going to like events now or different I don't know like things around union or even church events sometimes, like having photographers at the event. Yeah, walking around like in chapel when they're yeah. in the front of the stage, just taking pictures. Like I know that's their job. I yeah. just always like, it's a little distracting. And it's interesting too to see people, how they react to that. Yes. Like that is people true. naturally kind of get a little uncomfortable when there's a camera around. That That is true. People sit up a little mm-hmm. straighter and they yeah. like fix their Or they'll, they'll do like, you know, the fake laugh, like, you know, <laughs> look like they're having a good time, something yeah. like that, which it's, it's good to capture those things. And like, I understand why they do it, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. 
just to see how people react. And I also think too, the social media culture has really influenced the way that we take pictures. Because sure. I think photos now are taken not so much from a like, I want to capture this memory perspective, which yes, it is sometimes, but you're thinking about your hundreds of followers or thousands <laughs> of followers, you know, whenever you're taking a picture that you're planning to post. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I I definitely think that's true. I haven't had social media mm-hmm. um, for, I don't know, like a year and a half, probably maybe two years. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I got rid of it is because I didn't like how much space it was taking up in my brain, like even when I wasn't using it. And part of that was like, oh, if I take this photo, mm-hmm. it needs to look this way so that I could post it. And then I would find myself posting things and going back a few days later and deleting them. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't really know who this is helping or who's really interested in this um, necessarily, or I would get self-conscious about that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think... I think it's definitely shaped the way we think about photos. Mm-hmm. Like they have to fit in these parameters or they have to be able to be edited to fit these parameters. Yeah, that's true. Um, the one thing I will never understand is like taking a picture of your food mm-hmm. or like <laughs> yeah. what you're drinking or um, I get I, I get the like, oh, mountains. Let's mm-hmm. take a picture of that and post that. Um, but yeah, I just never got the food thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't feel the need to document my life like that for a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. It felt a little weird Mm -hmm. even. Um, But I think because of that, we're all kind of aware of like, even if I don't have social media, this will probably end up on social media. Mm -hmm. So I need to look good because I want to present myself well to the people who know me. Mm -hmm. I want them to think of me a certain way. In my mind, there's always the little part that's devoted to like, my employer might see this. What would that yeah, mean that is for true. my future? Um, which is a whole like different level of pressure, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, with all of this taken in mind, I I kind of was pretty happy when B-Real came around. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, ah, oh, yes, we're finally like capturing the moment when we're taking a nap mm-hmm. and we're going to put that out there. And that's real and that's what we're actually doing and nobody's life looks perfect like this we can acknowledge that like sometimes I sleep in until noon or Mm. whatever um which is maybe a sort of tangent um but yeah I just think it's interesting the way social media has shifted people's perceptions of the photo and of themselves Mm -hmm. in that respect yeah and it's it's a helpful tool but it's interesting to see how the growth in social media and as social media and different kinds of social media, like Be Real, TikTok, things that are a little more new, how it's almost like created a different kind of thinking in mm-hmm. people as they're capturing things and capturing memories. I also think too, like we're talking about concerts and people like videoing the whole concert. Mm-hmm. That's something that maybe, I don't really know when it started, maybe over the summer, over the past few months, I've been thinking a little more consciously about like, the idea of, you know, living in the moment and like, mm-hmm. what should I capture and what should I not capture? Because I don't ever want my camera or like video to take away from actually what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But also I do think it is important to document and can be really special to do that. But I was thinking about the idea of going to concerts and like taking a video. And I thought, how often do I go to a concert and actually look back 
on the video. Yes, I have so many that I never watch because yeah. I turn it on and the audio is terrible, but it was great in real life. And so it's almost like ruining that memory. Yeah. I'm like, no, I remember that that was so cool. And mm. this is just a really glaring bad audio video yeah. of a moment that was actually really awesome. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about the photos we take and how often we actually use them mm -hmm. to recall memories. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Other than taking pictures, is there any kind of way that you like to document the world around you or hold on to memories you don't want to forget? Um, I think when I have experiences like that, the writer in me really gets, I don't know, itchy sounds like a weird word to yeah. use, but I'm like, I need to write this oh, somehow. Yeah. I need to put this, I don't journal much. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I I put like my thoughts down in a random notebook just to get them out of me, but I usually want to put it in some sort of format that I can put somewhere else, like on a published site mm -hmm. or um I don't know. I think about how I can take this experience and write it in either a more universal way for other people to be able to relate to, like in something like an opinion piece. Yeah. Or I think about how this might be incorporated into my like creative fiction writing, which I do a lot of um, with my other degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about, oh, these mountains are gorgeous. What would it look like to write these mountains into my own story? Would that work? I kind of want to capture that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I find myself writing things a lot, even if they don't end up going out um, anywhere. Um, I tend to put them in some sort of format as mm -hmm. though they would be going public, which is, now that I'm talking about this, that sounds like social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's really cool, though, that you are writing those experiences because something that's so different between writing something to share with someone else and showing them a picture of it is when like say you see some very beautiful mountains and you write something about it I'm going to read that and like visualize it in my head and mm -hmm. what you're visualizing and what I'm visualizing are probably very different mm -hmm. but when you have the medium of photography you're kind of taking away that mystery you know or creativity yeah. and just showing your viewer like this is what's happening this is what to see which is really powerful as well like you know there are some things I think that should be captured in photojournalism and that's yes, so powerful absolutely. and then there's other things that are really powerful when they're captured in writing and it's cool to look back to on things that you've written about certain experiences mm -hmm. like when I travel I love to journal if I'm able to um, which can be hard you know depending on what kind of traveling it is <laughs> if you're you know, moving around a lot, it can be hard to find time to journal, but it's really sweet to look back on the emotions you're feeling during mm -hmm. that time and just kind of what you saw on a certain day and things like that. Yeah. So I think that there's a place for both mediums and it's cool to think about it through the perspective of like journalism and photojournalism because I think those can pair together very nicely and it's interesting to see. Yeah, I think so too. And I think in moments like that, I... Another thing I tend to reach for is like the written letter. Mm. Um, and if I'm on a trip, I can do that because yeah. I have like people at home. Um, but I often find myself frustrated mm. when I don't have someone to write a letter to um, or like wishing that I did have someone to write a letter yeah. to because I'm like, I want to write this down to someone. But then on the flip side of that, finding, struggling to find the words to actually communicate what I'm seeing. And I'm like, this would be so much easier if I could just send them a photo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think striking that balance mm -hmm. um, is definitely important and sometimes hard to do and hard to parse out 
would this be better as a photo story or as an actual like written story? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that we have to find the balance between Mm -hmm. as writers and especially on something like Cardinal and Cream. And I would really be interested to hear a perspective on someone that like is studying photojournalism at Union or like their profession is photography. I feel like it could be a different conversation. But this has been a very fun conversation. Thank you so much, Catherine Ann, for joining us today. I am very excited about future podcast episodes that will be coming out soon. I think it's going to be really fun um, to just kind of get this started and have more episodes available for our listeners. Um, So keep an eye on the Cardinal and Cream Instagram and Facebook. You can find us there or visit www.info.cardinalandcream.com for weekly stories, or excuse me, daily stories that come out every week. Um, And we'll have more podcasts on that website as well as videos and more things for you to enjoy. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.